couple of announcements. Just know that uh, we will be uh, not meeting next Tuesday or the following Tuesday. Uh, next Tuesday is Christmas, and the following Tuesday is New Year's. And so, yeah, we're off those days, believe it or not. We don't cancel Bravehearts very often. Uh, you can be a Braveheart at your home on those days, but uh, uh, we, we do generally don't cancel. And just, just kind of a heads up, that's, those are pretty big days in most people's lives, all right, especially the Christian faith. So we won't be here next Tuesday or the following Tuesday, and then we'll pick back up. Uh, there's a quote on, that I want to start with, and it's actually on your handouts there, and you'll see... It's uh, to me, this really spoke to me as I was preparing the message uh, and just thinking of some things to talk about going into the Christmas season here. And uh, um, if I could, if I could get someone to read that quote, Caleb, it's right there in front of you. Go ahead. All right, good, good. Lust is a craving for salt from a man who is dying of thirst y'all get that now uh i it's funny because i went into lyle's office yesterday and i said hey lyle listen to this uh this really spoke to me and lyle's he had to sit for a minute and say that's deep now if lyle says it's deep that's a pretty deep saying all right i'm just saying and uh so lust is a thirst from a man who desires salt and, and, and what is he saying here? He's saying that, that, that look, lust is something that, that oftentimes we reach for and we shouldn't. Lust is one of those things that, that compels us to, to reach into the jar when we should not reach into the jar because the cookie that we're about to eat is not good for us. And so he's saying, hey, lust is, lust is, a, is like a man who craves salt, but he's dying of thirst. In other words, he's, he's, he's got a craving for something that's, that's going to go on and put him in the grave. And, and I, I got to thinking, you know, over Christmas and some other things, um, lust is, is something that we have to pay attention to because lust comes to us in a couple of ways. One, uh, according to the Ten Commandments, as you know, that we are not to desire someone else's spouse, someone else's possession, because when we do that, what are we doing? We are lusting after that. Now, lust does not always just deal with women, men. However, the most dangerous lust is a man's desire for a woman. Do you hear me? And the reason I share that with you is because I've been a pastor now for 20 years. And if you include my youth pastor years, I'm very old. And, and I know that from sitting with men and being a man myself, that it's easy to, to lust over simple things. Well, I wish I had that truck, or I wish I had that. That man's got quite a house. The other night, we, we took the kids to go look at Christmas lights, and we went over here in the Wolfland area. And I don't know if you've been in that area or not, but as you drive through, it is impressive. And there was a young man that was, uh, there's a circle drive there, and you probably know where the circle drive is. And there's these huge homes around that circle drive. And there was a young man who who was out with, I guess, soon to be his fiance, and he had cake and all kinds of things set up right there in the circle drive. And uh, he had a nice, nice uh, couple of chairs. And then you saw him, he, he gets on his knees and, you know, he, he proposes. And we're just driving around just looking at the lights, you know. And so I had to pull up there and say, hey, congratulations, what'd you say, you know, and all that. And she said no, and he was very disheartened. But uh, I'm just kidding. 
But as you drive around in that area, what happens is, is you see these huge homes, you see lights, lights that go across the street, um, beautiful. My girls were just enamored, and they were like, Dad, what, well, why don't we live here? Why don't we? And I'm like, well, your dad's a pastor, and uh, be grateful for what we do have. Dad, why don't you put lights up on the house? Um, maybe it's your dad's a pastor, okay? Um, we are the light of the world in Christ. Anyway, so... Uh, it's easy to lust after what someone else, is, what someone else has, but, but lust is definitely a salt, man. If we're not careful, lust is a salt that, that uh, when we're dying of thirst, that, that we'll want. And so there are some ways to, to talk about this, several different things we could, we could look at. You're welcome to go read the story of Samson. I'm going to catch you up on the story of Samson, and then I want us to, to talk about what causes lust in our own hearts. Okay, so uh, Samson, Samson, he was sent by God to help redeem Israel. If you've been in church at all, you've heard about Samson, right? Uh, I like Samson because Samson's kind of like a biblical Hercules. He's this big, muscular, giant, strong guy. He's like what each one of us men hope and desire to be when we grow up. The problem is we never grow up. And, and uh, Samson's just this huge Hercules, you know, muscular guy. Uh, he was sent by God to redeem Israel. He married a Philistine, which he was not supposed to marry. If he married a Philistine, that was outside of his circle. And if you know anything about Samson, when he went to marry the Philistine, um, his, his parents cautioned him and said, hey, we don't go over there. We don't, we don't mess with that tribe. So he didn't do it just once. Samson did it twice. And so instead of following what God's desire was for him, he began to follow his own desires of lust. And lust took him down a path that he should have never gone. We also find out that he didn't fear God. He was chosen by God, but he did not have a healthy fear of God. Man, fear of God is very important. We talked about this about three weeks ago. And right here, among all of us men, we talked about the fear of God as the beginning of wisdom. And Samson did not have a fear of God. He was so strong. He, was, he had a supernatural strength. He's the last of the major judges in Judges. He, he is a major judge. And, and, of course, you also see his physical strength brings about judgment as well. He functions more as a vigilante than a leader. So a vigilante, I, I tell you, uh, uh, vigilantes are those who, who um, tend to want to, they, they, how can I explain a vigilante? A vigilante is someone who, who wants to go in and make it right. They're a judge, but they become a physical judge. i give you a great example. I had a pastor friend of mine who, he uh, went over to visit a family, got a call one night, and when he went over to visit a family, uh, the woman opened the door and she had been beat up. She had a swollen eye and and uh, she was uh, in, in a very bad shape. And, and he said, you know, I went to call the police. She didn't want me to call the police. She was supposedly in love with this man. Uh, her little five-year-old daughter walked around the corner, and she, too, had been beaten up. And so instead of calling the police, he literally found a two-before, stepped around the corner of the house, and waited for that man to get home. And then he became a vigilante. Uh, the man is still pastoring today. I could give you his name. He actually is no longer allowed to pastor uh, in the Methodist church. Um, he was a Methodist pastor. Um, today he's a, he's a chaplain at the prison, which is probably more suitable for what and who he is, but uh, that's, that's where he is today. And uh, he told me, I, I never will forget his words because this is when I found out what a vigilante was. He said, he said, you know, I found out it doesn't pay to be a vigilante. I should have called um, the police in the situation. So here's the thing. 
The truth is there are a lot of things that pull us off of our path. The truth is, is that for Samson himself, he was pulled off the path of following God. Even in all of his strength, he was weak when he did not follow the Lord and the Lord's ways. It's the same thing for us men. I know I'm moving quickly, but I've got a handful of notes here I want us to get through, okay? It's the same thing for us. If we're not careful, the wills and the ways of this world will attract and distract us from doing God's purpose in our life. Now, that's an easy truth statement, but it's simply that. It is a truth statement. In Samson's life, for all the blessings that he had, he often was his worst enemy. And men, lust will cause us to become our worst enemies. I don't know if you've ever uh, lusted after something or someone, but how well or how good do you feel the next day around? It's not good. And what happened with Samson is he would wind up squandering his potential again and again through his foolish decisions. He went after immediate gratification instead of obeying God. Obedience is very important, and obedience is what takes us to the next step, and it gives us the ability not to satisfy immediate gratifications. If you live long enough, you'll find out immediate gratifications are simply that. They are just immediate. Very temporal in nature. It's amazing what men will give up for the temporal. It really is. It really is. For, for a quick satis- satisfaction, whatever it may be. Uh, I was at a camp one, one year and a man was teaching uh, the youth and one of the things he said, he said, um, if God were that mirror, would you do that? And I've just never forgotten that he had the boldness to say something like that. Because that's what happened to Samson. It was immediate gratification. You probably remember Delilah in the story. And Delilah, she was beautiful and she had all of these great attributes, physical attributes, thick, beautiful hair. Men, now I'm not trying to distract you. I'm just saying, right? And, and, and she had this, this skin that was like the sand of the desert. She was a beautiful woman, but she also knew Samson's weakness. And, and she knew his strength. And she would be responsible for the haircut that caused him to lose so much. <clears throat> this is what happens. And it happened first because Samson was prideful. The very first thing I want to talk about today in preventing lust in your life is staying in humility. Pride, and you may say, well, why did you put pride in there? Because pride, the scripture says, pride comes before the fall. That's what happens. When we are prideful, what it means is I put myself and I put my selfishness in front of anything else in my life, usually for an immediate satisfaction, for just a grain of salt, for just that taste, for just a moment. I mean, honestly, how long does taste last? Not very long, unless you have a real big steak, which I've lusted after many times, but, <clears throat> right? Taste doesn't, doesn't, doesn't stay with you. Everything in this life is temporal, and pride is the number one thing, the number one factor, I believe, that gets in a man's way. <clears throat> Look, I'll take it this far. Uh, this is what I have in my journal for this week, and I'll just kind of share with you what I feel like the Lord was uh, really writing on my heart this week, that, that pride is a place, it's a factor that um, as we grow up, we are taught as men of God and to become men. As a matter of fact, I catch myself doing this with my son. I have this expectation that you would do. 
that you would simply do. No longer would you be told to do, but that you would grow up and that you would do. And that brings us to a place of where? Independence. Now, men, our faith with God oftentimes works this way. You watch yourself. Because what we do is we call upon God only when we need Him instead of beforehand. And what happens is what we learn in the physical, we oftentimes do in the supernatural. Or I would say this, in the spiritual. So as we mature in Christ, if we're not careful, because we've been taught, as we mature, we should be able to do more on our what? On our own. And a man that does more on his own becomes what? More prideful. It all falls down and tends to funnel into this place of pride. And we have to watch pride because pride is really the first indicator that we'll be lustful for something else in our life. Pride holds contempt is what the scripture says. And we'll have a contempt. Uh, our heart will become contempt. And, and what happens with that is that means it's going to lust even more. Not just women, but even more and more and more. I've said this many times, the LGBTQ um, it's amazing when when I grew up it, it it changed really from homosexual to gay and then from gay you know and now we've got it was the LG and then the LGBT and then the LGBTQ and you can add every al alphabetical letter to it because sin it has an appetite that can never be filled I'm just telling you it'll just keep going and and here's the thing it's the same in our life with pride it's pride is an appetite that can never be filled. Look, if you're a, a type A personality, then you're probably a very good business person. You move fast to get ahead. You get promoted, and then you get home, and oftentimes you run to the couch and you turn passive. This is exactly what happened with Samson because his pride brought him to a place of passivity, and when he was in his most passive moment, when she was stroking his hair and telling him how beautiful he is, and he was is when she started clipping his hair. We have to be careful. Pride is dangerous. Pride promotes, pride promotes lust in us, men. So if you're a lustful man, there's a good chance that you're a prideful man. And by the way, by the way, let me say this. Every man and young man is challenged with pride. It just happens. It just happens. So here's the thing. It's interesting that we don't hesitate to take the field in one setting and then check out in the very next. Uh, you know, uh, there are plenty of other examples of this. David, David, when you go and you read about David and how great of a warrior and a mighty warrior that he was, there was a time where he was out on the balcony and he looked out and he saw a woman sunbathing by the name of Bathsheba. And you remember he decided, you know, I don't think I'll take the field today. There's a little something else going on. I'm a great warrior. Everybody knows I'm a, I'm a battlefield master. And, and they all know that. I don't have anything to prove except to one person, and she's laying out over there on that roof. Pride got him in trouble. The second thing that will get us in trouble, men, is entitlement. Entitlement. Believing that we deserve something outside of what God gives us. That is entitlement. Believing that we deserve something outside of what God gives us. So, think about us for just a moment. 
Oftentimes we go and we study rods, reels, TVs, guns, uh, where's the best deal. We'll spend hours worshiping the altar of selfishness, but we won't spend five minutes studying God's word to build ourselves spiritually. I'm not trying to get on to us. I'm trying to help us see that we also live in a day and time where entitlement has somewhat taken over. I deserve. The, the commercials you see on TV say you deserve. And what happens with entitlement is it takes us to a place of saying, I deserve that feeling. I deserve that person. I deserve her. I deserve what she has to offer. I deserve a person like that, and, and sometimes that's someone else's wife, or sometimes it's someone else's daughter. This, this is a dangerous thing, too, men with entitlement, because I think with women, sometimes what happens is, as we lust, or if we lust women, we forget that they're someone's daughter. And, and, and when you are an adult, when you're a grown man, and you have daughters, like I have three um, the last thing I want is another man to what? Lust my daughter. <clears throat> I'll kill him. <laughs> and I know that's thou shalt not kill. And I'll just have to ask for grace and mercy to follow me all the days of my life. But, but it's true. It's true. I mean, this, this is what happens, men. And when we feel entitled, it, pride and entitlement together will lead you to having a lustful life. You will never have enough. You'll never be at a place where there is satisfaction. And finally, the third thing is lust. Many of us um, love our wives and lust the women next to them if we're not careful. It's, it's an unhealthy place to, to be. It's a place that brings shame. It's a place that prevents God's work in us for his kingdom. It's a prison of lust. I uh, was ministering to a man here a month or so ago, and he that's how he explained it. He said, I just feel like I'm in this prison because I lust all the time, and I don't want to lust anymore. I don't want to be this person that, that looks here and looks there. And, and here's the thing. I asked the question, how much time do you spend in the Word of God? There was a time in my own life, and I'm about to give you some scripture to run with, but there was a time in my own life where lust was very prevalent. You spend some time in the army, and you run around men and you think, man, geez, I just need out of here. That you know, I, I, and 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 you get out, and and, uh, geez, uh, I I started dating. I, I dated um, one of Allison's good friends. <laughs> Don't do that, men. This is this is years ago, and it's funny because I took her out a handful of times, and she wound up being a missionary and going to China, and and then uh, you know. Uh, started dating Allison, and, and boy, she was what uh, Michael Jackson would call a PYT, a pretty young thing, you know. And, and so uh, uh, he actually sung a song about my wife. I don't know if y'all heard it. It's called PYT. Anyway, so Allison, and, and you know, um, it's, it's as you date a while, it becomes a struggle, and you have to say, who's going to be Lord of this? Not just this vessel, but when we come together, who's going to be Lord of the two becoming one flesh? The earlier you start, the easier it is. God gave me a scripture, Psalm 119.9. How can a young man keep his way pure by keeping it according to thy word? I know that if I have a lustful heart, if I feel entitled to anything other than what I have in this life, whether it be a woman, whether it be money, whether it be if I have 
an entitlement in my life, I've got to check myself and ask, is the word of God living and active in my life? Because if the word of God is active and living in my life, then Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 tells me that it should be cutting off the things that are not of God. It is, it is active, it is living, it is a sword, it addresses every issue in my life. So what I started doing is, is I started posting note cards. And men, sometimes I still have to write note cards to myself and post them somewhere. I'm a pastor and I'm talking to you about lust today. And not just lust of women, but lust of other things, whatever those things are. And I, and, and I have to fight this thing known as pride. I have to fight this thing known as entitlement. You heard me just say, hey, 20, 25 years of ministry, shouldn't I be entitled to something? Absolutely not. You know what Jesus said I should be entitled to? You know what his words are? You should be the greatest servant of all. Well, I, but Lord, I like to be served. And Jesus said, I did not come to serve, but, or to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. You see, the more mature we get, the less it is about us. And the less it is about us, watch this, pride has no place in a humble person. It's just th those two are opposite one of the other. And so as we start to pour out, I've noticed even with my kids, if I let them lay around the house or, or uh, you know, um, not worry about having jobs, not worry about this is what happens. They start looking, they start missing their purpose and they start becoming what? Entitled. Well, I, I had to, you know, I had a daughter up last night and you know, we work, and of course, this isn't in my notes, we were working on some things, but as we, as we kind of went, went through uh, her project, uh, oh, she was tired, and it was getting late, and she was getting frustrated, and I said, well, you told me you found out about this last week, and you didn't even tell us until the night before. Well, but I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this going on. I'm so tired, I deserve and we get in dangerous places when we think we deserve. Actually, Jesus would love for us to use ourselves up for others as we mature in him because that keeps us from pride. It keeps us from being entitled. And it keeps us from lusting. <clears throat> Every man I know has struggled with lust at some point, if they're a man at all. So men, let that be a compliment. If you struggled with lust, you are a man. <laughs> now, we don't want to stay in that place. We don't want to stay in that place. Our culture is committed to lust. It's going to continue to, to throw things at you. Look, if you want a Big Mac, then just drive through and get it. It's not going to hurt you, just one, right? Well, look at me. You can do whatever you want. You can look at whatever you want at any time you want. As long as it doesn't hurt anyone else, you should be fine. There's nothing wrong with just taking a glimpse. Well, there is something wrong with just tasting a little bit of salt and you'll find that out right because it opens a door but the world is trying to tell us oh no there's nothing wrong with a glimpse no one's hurt you you're just uh window shopping it doesn't hurt anyone if you don't touch but it does it hurts you and the more it hurts you the more prideful you become the more entitled you become and the more dangerous you become ephesians chapter 5 verse 3 but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. 
church at Ephesus had a lot of, lot of temples that were around. A lot of Greek temples were, were there, and people would, would go, and um, not only would they um, be claimed to be Christians, but there were temple prostitutes, and they could go and satisfy needs. And what uh, there was this modalism or modalism is what it was called, and that was a dualistic nature, meaning that, hey, my flesh is bad anyway. I'm going to satisfy it, but my spirit man's good. There are still churches that believe that today. And the flesh is, there is no doubt that the Apostle Paul says it this way, that there are, that, that there's sin in your members. And men, we know that. There's just simply sin in our members, right? But we can't use that for an excuse. So the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Ephesus and he says, hey, there doesn't need to be even a hint of sexual immorality. I shouldn't be hearing these things among you or of any type of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Matthew 5, 27 and 28. Jesus reminds us if we've even looked inappropriately and here's why, because he knows that every man has. <laughs> it's true. Samson was a he-man with a she-weakness. That's, that's who he was, right? And you can go and you can read Judges 14 and you'll see that the first problem where he fell is he became so prideful that he did not honor his father and mother. That is the first commandment with what? You've heard it said. With a promise, right? It's the first commandment with a promise. He, he didn't honor that. He became prideful. <clears throat> Timnah. It was four miles away. It was in enemy territory, and he abandoned his friends. He abandoned his parents. He abandoned everyone that he knew so that he could go and visit his enemies. And that's what happens with the lustful heart. We'll find ourselves going and abandoning, abandoning, and we'll do that. We'll leave the people we know, and we'll go over, right, and visit a place with the enemy. Lust makes strong men weak. None of us wake up and say, hey, you know what, 2019, I'm going to ruin my life this year. I think I'll just, just use a little more porn. Uh, I'll lust a little and, and then finally have an affair. I'll get a messy divorce. My kids will lose respect for me and I'll struggle for the rest of my life. I can't wait for 2019 to show up. None of us do it that way, right? Look, man, we don't try to destroy ourselves, but the enemy does. And there is an enemy and I believe the greatest enemy, as a matter of fact, the reason I, I wrote this message is I was thinking, we're about to take two weeks off what would be a strong, heart-piercing message that every man will listen to. And all I have to mention is lust. That's it. Man, men tend to go, what, huh, who? Somebody said something, right? And so as we get ready to, to break for a couple of weeks, look, 2019 is right around the corner and what we have to do is we have to be proactive and so if we'll be proactive in the things that are for God and not the things that are in opposition to God if we will learn to say hey these are my goals for 2019 and if we have a lust problem if we have an entitlement problem if we have a pride problem look into the scriptures men and write down some things that will help you for 2019 one of the things that uh, uh, Solomon wrote in Proverbs chapter 5 3 through 5 and I'm going to end with this he said for the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey oh I like honey but the adulterous woman is dangerous 
and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. Wow. And if anyone should have known that, <laughs> should have been the guy that wrote that. I'm just telling you. I mean, he tried every one of them. So what do we do? Well, uh, I can give you some of, some of my things for 2019. I believe getting an accountability partner where two or three are gathered, there I am in their midst. Find men in your life, not women. I, I tell my kids, look, uh, you know, there's only one of them. Now, now Wade's at the age, about to be 17, and a little girl hanging around, you know, all this stuff. This is recorded. I hope he doesn't listen to it. <clears throat> but, you know, I say, hey, uh, don't pray with them. Don't pray with her. And that sounds kind of crazy because don't share the spiritual. No, that's, that's for people that, that you really think that you might step into a covenantal relationship with. It's the same thing with us. If I'm going to share uh, myself with you, if we're going to pray together, we're going to have time together, here's the thing. Uh, I'm very protective over who and how I pray with. I was praying with Allison this morning. And as we were praying over some things, you know, uh, I told her, I said, you know what? And I shouldn't have said this, man, but I'm just sharing. I'm just being honest. I, I get upset with myself because sometimes in my prayer I get emotional. Now I said, babe, the older I get, the more emotional I get. We're going to have to stop praying. <laughs> That's an untrue statement. She didn't think it was funny either. But it's good when you get a wife, young men, one day you'll grow up and, and there'll be a woman. Start praying for her now. Start praying for her now. Because in your sexual temptation... God will give you a spouse that will fulfill that for you. And if two years down the road she's not, you need to knock on my door. You need to go to a spiritual leader, a spiritual father, and you need to bring your wife with you. Okay? And we're going to talk about who owns what body. Now, men, don't use that as an excuse to go home at noon today and say, you know what Curtis said at Bravehearts? <laughs> don't do that. Okay? That's not healthy either. There's a healthy balance but God wants you to be sad I want you to hear me men God wants you to be satisfied he does he does and it is a strong desire every man every man knows that sexual temptation is a strong desire get an accountability partner get an account learn to confess confession if we confess our sins to one another he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness that's his promise from first John all right, he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He'll strengthen us. If you're married men and you struggle with lust, a lot of times have your wife pray over you. Pray with her. God gives us one another for one another. Where two or three are gathered, you know the, the story. Samson shows us that no matter our strength, we cannot go it alone. He tried. He tried. I mean, he, he whooped uh, a thousand Philistines uh, with a jaw of, of a donkey. I cleaned it up for you, right? But he couldn't go it alone. He still failed in the end, all right? Learn to stay connected. That's one of the things that, that I really want for me this next year in 2019. I want to stay more connected, stay more connected to the church, stay more connected to our leaders in the church stay more connected to our pastors in the church. Stay connected. Learn to stay connected, right? 
See, when you think about this, when Samson didn't stay connected, and I'll end here, it didn't just impact and affect him. Who suffered? If you know the story of Samson, what you'll find out, he was called to be this great warrior, this, this, this great spear point for God. But unfortunately, when he refused to stay connected in the way that God had commanded, the Israelites paid the price. The very people he was to lead paid the price. It wasn't just his family. It wasn't just his immediate family. All the Israelites suffered because of his unfaithfulness. So, men, that's what I have for you this morning. There's some questions there. They're kind of fun questions, uh, and uh, they'll definitely promote discussion. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for these men. I pray, Lord, that as we watch the gifts go around the trees over the next couple of weeks, that that does not cause us to lust for more, that it would not cause our children to lust for more, that they would become prideful or entitled or lustful. Lord, uh, if they see it in us, they, they, they can receive it easier upon themselves, and we want them re to receive the good gifts, the gifts of giving, uh, Father, to, to know what that means. Father, the gift of pouring ourselves one, out one for another. Lord, that we would become the greatest servants of all because it's you who we serve and you serve through us. Lord, we love you. Protect our hearts because the battle is great. In Jesus' name, amen.